So I've got one of those, uh, you know, situations to where I understand part of it, but then I still don't part of it. What's that, buddy? So McDonald's, this whole like $1, regardless of what size fountain drink you get. Well, why even keep all the different sizes? I mean, that's extra inventory, money spent, space tied up. Why don't they just create like the generic McDonald's size? Isn't that because you're supposed to have it your way? Uh, they never ask me anytime I order. I just get whatever Joe Schmo working the window feels like froggy and handing out. And when you get it, do you say McDonald's? I'm loving it. No, I'm like, y'all give me my damn hash round because y'all forgot the other day and I got to work and didn't have it. You always got to check the food before you leave. Well, I know, but you know, they, they, they can hide shit with them napkins too. You can see so you got to dig around. There's always a line and they look at you funny like, oh, you think I got your order wrong? It's like, son, you did yesterday. Well, that's like the other day when I was at Starbucks for 20 minutes and I was on the phone with you and you're like, damn, son, are you still in Starbucks? And then by the time I got my coffee and my sandwich and I got to the car and I took a bite of the sandwich, it was cold. Oh, that day was golden. Although sidebar, Proof Edwards still spends a lot of time in Starbucks being a basic bitch. I was getting a black coffee and a breakfast Sammy. You know how cheap black coffee is, son? Get you some Folgers. I was trying to think of the tagline for Folgers, and I couldn't think of it right now. It's Folgers in your cup. The best part of waking up. The best part of waking up is when I don't have to talk to Zeke Baker right away. (laughs) That's because you're up at 530 picking up dog poo, son. I'm still sleeping. everyone my name is john edwards and with me as always is zeke baker and together we make the dad's drink of bourbon wherever you are whatever time it is thank you for making us part of your day hey buddy hey don't talk to me like i'm one of them puppies now bad zeke (laughs) not my shoes they have not been going into my shoes as much but they have been pooping and peeing everywhere in the house so rye is like a golden He is much more golden, wants to run. Damn, that guy's fast. He's quick. I can't take him in the backyard without a leash because he'll run off. It's a puppy. Waffles got an old soul. He just wants to sleep and he does not give a shit. He's just like, yeah, you guys do whatever you want. I'm just going to go over and sit by the door and sleep. I've said that of the two dogs. He's either going to be like real sneaky and devious or maybe just kind of slow. Somewhere (laughs) in there. I don't know. You said something about his eyes. He's got seedy eyes. He's shifty looking. I don't trust him. I come over there. uh -uh, Uh-uh. He ain't getting behind me. Oh, he's a good dog. I'm just telling you. I said it from day one. Whatever. Anyways, it's good to have you. I know our buddy Geek Shaker was a little upset that Tim Pearsont filled in during the Grains and Grits podcast, and we had the two best friends that anyone could have podcast, and he wants to do a podcast with you. For those of you that don't know, Geek Shaker is somebody that we don't know who it is, and they have a fanboy account basically uh, loving on Zeke, and they want to do a podcast with you now. Do you think you're up for doing a podcast with Geek Shaker? I don't know. I'm I'm kind of backlogged on a cameo request right now. Where else would you go? There's some options I've got. I, I don't want to you know play my hand out in public right now. I've had some folks hit me up for you know cameos. Well, I just recorded yesterday. I recorded an episode of Beneath the Char. 
you should check those guys out though. They, they got a good podcast and the people they've had in their first like 10 episodes, Zeke, remember how much we struggled when, when we were getting started their first episode, boom, Bernie lover. Second episode was like Brent Elliott. I was like, how are you guys getting that right off the bat? All right, Zeke. Let's get into the sponsors. We have one sponsor that is doing a limited appearance in December, and I think this is perfect for us for so many reasons. You know that I go to the gym every day, no days off. Yours might be more whiskey-related. Mine might be more gym-related. But if you are feeling nauseous, recovering from a workout, or you aren't feeling your best after doing what Zeke does, your body is depleted. You don't need excess sugars, dyes, and calories found in many popular hydration products you need medical grade hydration that was made to work and that's why you need biolite the world's first iv in a bottle to help all your no days off needs just one bottle of biolite has seven and a half times more electrolytes than the leading sports drinks with only one third of the sugar if you need hydration you don't want to sacrifice quality and convenience go find yourself a biolite visit drinkbiolite.com find a retailer near you elixir spirits is one of them tark put me on biolites months ago he's been pushing those hard for a while now are you a citrus or a berry biolite whichever one he happens to think about putting the freezer for me when i get there i am much more of a berry biolite than a citrus I mean, I could see you being perturbed by this. It makes sense. <laughs> you know me. I'm quirky. I belong on Curb Your Enthusiasm. I was actually likening it more back to when we were talking about you and uh, having the Starbucks issues and things along those lines. <laughs> and you're having issues with glasses right now. Today's show is also sponsored by Cass Cartel, the premium spirits marketplace. They're like the Amazon of the spirits industry, and they will hook you up with retailers that will send whiskey, liquor, whatever it is, directly to your door. Some of the allocated prices are going to be more expensive, but hey, it's a convenience play. You don't have to wait in line. You don't have to sit around and do a raffle. So go to CassCartel.com and follow them on Instagram at CassCartel. Today's show is also sponsored by our friends at premiumbarproducts.com, your number one place to go for laser etched glassware. And it's about to be the holidays. You might as well give someone a laser etched glass as a present. It is a great thing to do. If you do a custom order, use dad's 10 for 10% off your order. But that's also where you can go to get the official dad's drinking bourbon, Glen Karen glass. Also, if you are a store, a distillery, or a bourbon group, and you have more of a wholesale order, reach out to me. I will be happy to get you in touch with them. They have a whole other arm of their operation that they can get you awesome stuff at awesome prices, all customized, laser etched at premiumbarproducts.com. Now that we got all that out of the way, Zeke, you ready to drink something? Sure thing. All right, so David Woods, the founder and owner and distiller at Wigley Bridge Distillery in York, Maine. Now, he sent us this a couple months ago, and I feel bad that we are just getting to it now, but everybody that we are getting to lately has been in the queue for a while. I just want to say I'm sorry we are just getting to you, but we always get to you. Now, Wigley Bridge was founded on Repeal Day in 2013 by a self-taught father and son duo. They have a handmade copper still. That's right, Zeke. It's handmade, hand-rolled, and hand-riveted. It's a small copper still. I don't know how many gallons it produces, but it is not big at all. Now, they sent us their small barrel and their bottled and bond. Both are 58% corn, 37% rye, and 5% malted barley 
hourly. And since I know Zeke tunes me out, I'm going to say again, it's 58% corn, 37% rye, and 5% malted barley. The small barrel is aged three years in a 30-gallon barrel. Medium toast number three char. It's 86 proof and 43% ABV. And the bottled and bond was five years in a 53-gallon, also medium toast with a number three char. And since it's bottled and bond, you know it's 100 proof, 50% ABV. Any initial thoughts you might have here? Um, I did pick up that you said the proof for the small batch was what, 86? Yes, sir. Did you get the three years in a 30-gallon? I heard something, and I heard you say gallon, and I couldn't. I assumed it was a smaller-ish barrel since the steel was most likely smaller. Otherwise, you'd be just trying to fill up a barrel for a lengthy amount of time. The bottled and bond is five years in a 53-gallon, so they... They do 53-gallon barrels, but this is just trying to kind of pick up the age, I think, a little bit in a short amount of time. Hmm, I got you. I did, did hear the line about a uh, pretty strong rye content as well. It's an interesting mix. I can't think of many mashes with that uh, ratio. I can't either. I mean, I, I've seen a 61% corn, 34% rye, but I haven't seen 58, 37. Interesting. Zeke, let's do the small barrel first. What do you think about this one? Nose wise, I really thought it kind of reminded me of like an apple cider moonshine kind of thing. I don't know. That was just kind of the notes that I picked up and the, the smell, maybe somewhere in between that and like a hot toddy where it's a warm alcoholic type drink. So the aromatics come off of it a little bit more like effervescently or something. I don't know. Palette wise, it was sweet at first, rich vanilla, caramel, toffee, but then like mid palate, it, it almost had like a tarnished feel to me or something. I put down that it becomes warm and unpleasant by the finish. I mean, the first flash I, I, I really liked, but then by the time it hit the middle of the tongue, I don't know, it spun out and turned two and then hit a wall and then went down and off under the apron or something. It's really funny you said that, and I will elaborate on that once I get to the taste. The nose, I said, it has that small barrel aged smell, a little bit of rock corn and citrus on the nose, but there's no astringency. It's just one of those things where you're like, this is young. There's hints of dried fruit, honey, and some other notes they're trying to get out there. The taste, I totally agree with you. The front was sweet, vanilla, caramel, dried fruit, honey. And then it's almost like an oak and char mixed together that is the back palate that just completely takes everything over once it gets to the roof of your mouth. And I don't know if that's the oak and char from the smaller barrel and having that stuff interact a little bit more. But at the same time, I mean, it's a number three char. It's not overcharred. It's got the medium toast on there. There's nothing that makes me scream that this is going to taste like char, but it does. That's really where the finish comes through. It's that oak and char kind of collaboration that stays in your mouth. The funny thing I would say is going back to the beginning of it, though, there was no burn whatsoever. It was just really easy. This is where I go back on this one, Zeke. I think it's distilled well because there's no astringency and it just is a very easy sipper. I wonder what cooperage they use. And I said the same thing for the bottled and bond. I wonder what they're using for their cooperage. But at the same time, I know that their whole thing is an homage to the way that people did things in the past with the smaller handmade copper stills. Maybe this is supposed to taste like how it would have back in the day. I'm just thinking, I'm, I'm spitballing. 
I mean, I don't know. I mean, granted, at 86 proof, I wouldn't expect much astringency burn, you know, whatnot. But yeah, it's something towards the the mid to the back of this. It, I don't think it's the the 37 or 8 percent, you know, whatever rye it's in there. I don't really detect that at any point through the tasting. But no, the uh, rye would have hit it, me in the front. You know, it goes from the initial pop. Oh, nice little sweet 86 proof. What happened? What do you think about the bottled and bond? So bottled and bond, um, nose-wise, I mean, I definitely think this would be much more up your alley. It had a, a caramel aspect to it. And then, I don't know, I wrote this down. Uh, it really reminded me of, of kind of like one of those sweet, frou-frou-y uh, Starbucks drinks I figure you get and don't tell anybody about, like an espresso or maki something, whatever. I don't. Get, I get black coffee, and then when I go crazy, I do an iced coffee with cream. But at the end of the day, I'm not even sure what would be worse. Buying one of those weird frou-frou drinks or overpaying that considerably for just black coffee. I don't know. Sometimes it's out of convenience, but when you have that gold status on the app, you're not paying so much. Well, you get the gold because you give them extra money all the time. No, I got the gold because I used to work in a building that had Starbucks on the bottom floor. And once you get it, it's pretty easy to keep it. Well, yeah, you got it, but I like being a frequent shopper. Yeah. <laughs> well, you try to talk yourself out of that one, Slim. After the uh, the, the Starbucks aspect, I picked up on the nose. Uh, it was definitely more of a um, of a corn type base product. Palette wise, I thought this was a a lose and a win on the lose aspect. That front end that was really sweet, it gets dialed back on the win aspect. The part of the back end that was off-putting is dialed back. But where I get really confused is the proof went up. So I, I don't see how it's overall a milder product. That being said, as far as specific notes, I thought this was a, a, a bit more sawdusty. Definitely picked up um, a lot of white pepper throughout it. And then it just kind of seemed almost like a, um, a raw or an unfinished or an unpolished corn. I, I don't know that... I didn't love the words for that, but and it's not that I'm trying to say it's a corn whiskey, but you taste the corn aspects to it, and it just it doesn't seem well-polished or well-rounded as far as the complete picture of what we think of in bourbon usually. I think I have to agree with you for a lot of your assessment on there, and I would agree that the stuff on the front end is dialed back, the stuff on the back end is dialed back. I think the way it kind of smooths out is because it's a 53 gallon barrel aged two more years and it's a higher proof. And I would be really interested to see what these guys do for a cast strength, the bottled and bond. You're right. It's more in my wheelhouse, but there's still something that is a little bit raw with it. And again, I think of going back to distilling methods, the way that they're still is set up. Maybe some of that's supposed to be there, but there's just something that is a little bit off, but it's not off like it was in the small barrel bourbon. I see your point about the barrel, but at the same time, I mean, regardless of what whiskey we're talking about, if you and I know we're going to have essentially the same product, same mash, one's at 86 proof and one's at 100 proof, 10 times out of 10, you and I both would agree and vote that the 100 proof product should be more pronounced in whatever direction it, it, it's going to go. But, you know, that's just where you notice more because it's less water. Yeah, but that youth is a real wild card. Three years in a short barrel. And anytime somebody's using that small barrel. I mean, I get that. It's just 
one of those things where on paper you're like, hold on, the 86 delivered more proof and or more flavor in different directions than the 100 proofer did? Like, <laughs> well, it's kind of like the whole thing of whiskey in a small barrel. In theory, you would think, oh, I'm going to put it in a smaller barrel and I'm going to age it quicker. And I haven't really found a whiskey in a 30 gallon or smaller that I've really, really loved. Have you? No, yeah. No, I can't think of anything really. All right. So here's the kicker. If you go to Wiggly Bridge's website, the small barrel is $59.99. The bottled in bond is $89.99. Small batch or small barrel? You keep going back and forth on this. I keep saying small barrel. I said small batch one time and then I corrected myself. Oh, so it really is called small barrel though, not small batch? Yes, sir. Small barrel. But it is a small batch, small barrel. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, so you're not wrong. That's why I wasn't correcting you. All right. Yeah. Re- repeat that about prices again. Cause I totally got hung up. The small barrel is $59.99 and the bottled and bond is $89.99. And that is from going on Wiggly Bridges website. Although I have seen some other online retailers that have them for cheaper. I saw one that had the small barrel for 45 and one that had the bottled and bond for 89, but then shipping was like 18 bucks on both of them. So go figure. Granted, I haven't been to the site or done any research here and whatnot, but I would assume based on their location being in Maine, that they're doing things on a, you know, a handmade, much smaller size steel than a lot of places. And, and also seems to be pretty uh, you know simplistic on their barrel selections i think this has got to be more of a um a passion project than a a get rich scheme i would just you know guess looking at things from where we sit i think they're very proud of what they're doing up there and it does mean a lot to them i mean the father and son started i don't know if they quit their day job or what their whole story is i would love to talk to them about it because i have questions like on the cooperage and how is it aging you know is it aging because it's in york maine how close are they to the ocean is there something about the core temperature in maine that might make you want to age this a couple more years than three and five is it something where the whiskey just hasn't completely well-rounded itself yet you know knowing the price and knowing what's out there i would be more than happy to have the bottled and bond at a bar but the small barrel i'm probably a pass on what about you currently i I would be a pass on both but as far as intrigue toward future products i think i'm more with the small barrel again i mean it it was kind of you know a strong yin and yang It, it it had flavors i really enjoyed more than anything and then had that you know back end that really just kind of busted it up for me but you know age time depending on if other things are maybe tweaked or, or whatnot I just see that as maybe delivering the better product down the road. Again, I'm just, I hate to get hung up on something, but the fact that 86 proof is throwing off such stronger flavors than the hundred. I mean, that'd be like getting uh, Evan Williams and putting the the 80 or 84 proof next to the bottle and bond. You just wouldn't expect it. I think I'm more hung up on price here and, I mean, to be real honest, I would be a bar of the bottled and bond if it was 50 to $60. I think the bottled and bond should be priced at where the small barrel is and the small barrel should be a little bit cheaper. I understand the craft game. I understand, especially being a craft producer in Maine, 
grains are going to be a little more expensive up there than they are down in Kentucky, Tennessee. But maybe that's why they're using rye because rye is more abundant up in New England. I just think this they're pricing themselves out. And if they're selling it, great. But I think they're pricing themselves out of wider distribution for what they're putting out. It's possible. Again, I mean, I don't know. I kind of thought about like, you know, somebody like Heath's operation. Yeah, he, he has said like this, this isn't my bread and butter. I enjoy doing it. And I love doing it. And it is a passion project, but this isn't what I depend on to pay my bills, et cetera. Oh, I get that. And I think it could be the case for them as well. But at the same time, you think about what Heath has done. Heath has lowered the price of his small batch and is striving to make that small batch a bottled and bond whiskey to the point that he just released bottled and bond. So he wants bottled and bond to be the standard and that would be about 60 bucks for him. And that is one of the smallest craft distilleries I've ever seen. Faux shoe. I am very interested if they took that small barrel and up the proof, I would be very interested to see how that worked. Because I agree with you. I mean, I think that was bolder, and I think the bottled and bond is really just an easy sipper. It would be a great daily, but it's not a great daily at 90 bucks. But no, I mean, it's just, you know, very easy and light. If that was like a $20 bottled and bond, you know, in that category, I think everybody would be like, hey, it's a great bottled and bond. You could turn some heads. Again, I'm not getting caught up on price, but I think that's probably the, the number one thing where you look at this and go, Oh, I could get down with some of these, but not there. Oh, yeah. I mean, same way. You got, I mean, Starbucks to pay for and stuff. And dogs. And poo bags. Touche. Find us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads, Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Find us wherever you download your podcast. Chances are you already have because you're listening to us right now. Thanks again to David Woods and Wiggly Bridge for sending this our way. Zeke, where else can the folks find us? Good old Music City, USA. Cheers. Ciao.